That's Episode terrible. 11 of Division One Rejects. Back again for a great week. We got a big time week with some big time conversation, accordingly so. So starting off, our guests today for the podcast will be joined by a linebacker from Wayne State University and one of the state's top recruits later on with 12 Division One offers, a lineman out of Cast Tech High School in Detroit. Sheesh. That is more than all of us combined. I think that's easy to say. Uh, D1? Yeah. And you might be thinking, this is D1 rejects. Why would you have a Division One football player on? We don't discriminate. We're all levels, different. Yeah. Uh, okay. All levels of football are welcome on here. So like it's, it's, always, it's always nice to get people's perspectives from all the different levels of college football. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation here in a bit. But not to get too ahead of ourselves, we've got the firing of Detroit head coach, Matt Patricia. But not only Matt Patricia, but... Bob Quinn is also gone, so I think this is this is a little bit of a time to celebrate, but I think Lions fans are still cautiously optimistic, and we'll get into that pretty soon. I think you would agree with me there, though, cautiously optimistic? The crazy thing is, this is the biggest thing that's happened for the Lions all year. That's so true! <laughs> like, that's this is so the most true. happy thing, yeah. We'll that's so that. true, but I, it's, like I said, cautiously, cautiously optimistic because I still am not in love with our ownership and the, rec- the direction of our program, excuse me, but... Later on, Sarah Johnson and her impact as the first female to play in a Power 5 football game on Saturday for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, Very polarizing. I think people have opinions on both sides of that. We're not going to spend too long on it. I know, Drew, you you know, keep it short and sweet. But I do want to touch on that because that was a big-time point in the slate of college football for last week. Now, some news that just broke very recently. We have College Game Day, who's now covering a top-15 matchup between BYU and Coastal Carolina on Saturday. What that is going to mean for the college football playoff we don't know yet, and I think that's going to be – it's a win-win for both teams. We're gonna, like I said, we're going to talk about builder. it. We're going to talk about it later, but right off the bat, that is a win for both teams. Coastal Carolina obviously is supposed to play Liberty. Now Liberty's got to cancel because of COVID and issues. That, that, that's a win-win for both programs, correct? For BYU being uh, – trying to get in the playoffs and also Coastal Carolina being a kind of no-name team that a lot of people are going to see now. Yeah, agreed. And they're going to rock the mullets on live television, mm-hmm. some prime time mm-hmm. television prime with time. college game day there. The great turf. That's, the biggest weekend of the year for those guys. I'm sure they're they're so excited. And two undefeated teams. We didn't even say that. They're two undefeated teams now. I don't care who you play. If you're undefeated, you're playing a good brand of football. So after that, we'll talk college game day, college football, some Big Ten, Maction. Going to get into DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, and some other insane performances from this past week of NFL football as we start to etch out the playoff race for the NFL, AFC, NFC. What does it look like? How is it shaping up? We had three guys in the span of one week between Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and DK Metcalf, who were all at one point the NFL leader in receiving yards. And it's just gone back and forth because these dudes like continue to put up numbers that are out of this world. The new NFL, man. It is. It's a passing league. It is. And we did not. We saw a very little run game from the Chiefs uh, in that last game against the Bucs. So, ever yeah. Since, yeah, we'll get into that. But Le'Veon, Le'Veon they've got, got the there. weapons. It's, they're ever just not making make advantage of yeah. it. So, mm-hmm. very interesting uh, aspect of their game that has kind of evolved as we continue on into the season. But as always, we're chilling in the basement. It's Division One Rejects, the casual sports show, talking to some great guys at all levels of football. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tell your friends about us. And let's get some great people. Great, Continue to get great people. I shouldn't say that. Let's continue to get some great people. We've had some great guests in the past. I want to continue to do that. So first things first, I want to welcome our first guest of the day. Let's cut right to that conversation, boys. Joining us today, a conversation I'm super excited about. He is an absolute unit, class of 2022, so still got a lot of football. Young Buck. Young Buck, a lot of football ahead of this guy, Um, but if you looked at him, you sure as hell would not know it. 6'5", 285 is what he's listed at. That is 
a beast. So I'm going to say a man, a, a man, right? A man who holds offers from Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, and ACC schools, and a guy that I sure as hell am not volunteering to line up against. It's Jackson Pruitt. What's going on, Jackson? What's up? Thank you for having me. Of course, man. I'm, Dude, I'm stoked to have you on. Like, I'm actually I'm super excited for this. But I guess to start things right off, I want to know, I've seen your film. You got a lot of film on both sides of the ball, and you dominate on both sides of the ball. How would you describe your game and how you play. I just want to see, like, I mean, I, just coming from your perspective, I know from an outsider's perspective, I just want to see how you would describe it. Uh, Really, it's just about moving dudes out the way, yeah. you know. Just, <laughs> moving <you> know, dudes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> give, 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 give my running back somewhere to go, running back or putter back, give them somewhere to go and just don't, like, eat them. It's going to be a hole on my side. And that's just pretty much just how I play. Damn that's right. cool, man. I love that. I love that. Um. Like you said, just moving dudes, and you do like a ton of that, right? Finishing blocks downfield is something that I noticed that you do on a very regular basis, and I love that. Playing with that motor to turn those maybe like decent or mediocre plays for your skill position guys into some big-time touchdowns. And then kind of flipping off of that, is there anybody that you relate your game to at like the college or professional level or someone that you model your game after, or is it, you know, I'm going to be me and I'm going to play my game? Uh, well, you know, I'm just really playing my game, really. Yep. But you know, I, I watch I watch a lot of Quentin Nelson and Jeff. Okay, okay. really. So yeah, Terry Lee Wan as well. So, yeah, you know, just just really, really aggressive dudes that finish their blocks and doing it on a big stage every Sunday. Quentin Nelson's a beast. The dude, some some good examples right there. I'll give you that for sure. Um, especially when you when you pull out of there and you're coming outside of the line of scrimmage there for a poor defensive end or outside linebacker, <laughs> I can definitely see the Quentin Nelson comparisons when you're just like driving him into the ground. But um, <laughs> and like I said, you got a lot of film on both sides of the ball. Do you prefer playing offense or defense or does it just, I mean, you might be the type of guy that it just doesn't matter to you? Uh, it doesn't really matter. The yep. team uh, need, but uh, it's like, and you can see, like, like in my earlier films, like last year and year before, I was pretty much like a straight defensive guy. Okay. And then coach, uh, uh my uh, trainer, coach Wins, and coach Butcher said, "How about you try offensive guard?" Yeah. I you know I played it before I came to high school, and I was like, "Okay." Yeah. And so then, and so then, you know, I just worked real hard at it, and then just. Come to find out, I'm actually pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of college coaches would say the exact same thing. And I know making that transition and going to play guard, like 6'5", like you're a dude of that stature. You don't see a lot of – You're, you're well, playing tackle at 6'5". I was going to say, yeah, you don't see a lot of guys, especially in high school, but even mm-hmm. at the college level, you don't see a ton of guys playing the guard at that size. So for you to be able to not only have that size but that speed, like I was you talking about, mobile. to get out, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just phenomenal play from you. So I guess – and from talking to you for, I mean, like a minute here, I can already tell you you're a grounded dude, so I really appreciate that. Um, but just to yeah. continue going with that, I'd like to know what you're being looked at more – for playing at the college level, do they see you on the defensive side, or are they really liking you on this offensive guard play? Uh, you know, they talking about while well, we play on offense, uh, offense, yep. offensive line anywhere. Cause as you see, like my, like I've lined up a couple tackle a couple of times, yep. center a few times. Okay, so really it's just. So really, it's just like uh, wherever I go, like you know, we just figure it out when I get there. I guess. But I assume <laughs> I'm doing. I assume I'm doing the offensive side of the ball, unless you know, next year I have a monster year on defense or something. But I think for the most part, I'm be offense. All right, hey man, Hunter Chambers here. I I play up at Tech, and I know. Like, when I'm, I play offensive guard up there, and I know that's huge. Like, you're saying that you can play tackle, you can play guard. Like, colleges love that, just you're versatile, and I know that's huge for you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. I appreciate that. For sure. I want to talk about 
this year as far as you playing and still obviously at the high school level? Like we said, you got a lot of football ahead of you, a lot of really good football uh, ahead of you, obviously. What was your junior season like, this shortened season? Did it seem to be like just playing per usual once you got on the field, like, you know, kind of just block out all the external noise? Or I would assume it was, it was particularly odd having the limited fans and the different rules in the shortened season. What was that like? Uh, you know, this season was pretty awkward, but you know, it just kind of brought my team closer. Okay. You know, we spent a we spent a lot of time together. You know, knowing us trying to like not go out as much and stuff. So we spent a lot of time together. You know, playing the game together. Uh, like we might meet up and eat or whatever, but it's just us. Really, it's, it's really like kind of I want to say like our own little bubble. I'm gonna say. Yeah. You know, those I've really like those really, like for the past maybe twelve weeks. Those are the guys I really been seeing. And I, I wouldn't have it no other way. So I think really this season, it's been different. But I think for the most part, uh, it brought us together more as a family, as a team. And like, even like regardless of like what happens the rest of the season, I think like we're just that much close. Like I know I could rely on these guys forever now. That was awesome. I love that, dude. You guys, that takes a special group of guys, too, I know, because, you know, to get all those guys to buy in, especially right now, like you said, you can't go out and do a lot of the things that you would call normal just a year ago. It takes a special group of guys to buy in. I think the word that you use to describe the season, awkward, I think that is a perfect, I think that is a perfect description of what this year has been so far, and especially for you, you know, playing in high school right now. But how has your mindset changed, if at all, which I'm assuming for you it's just, you know, next practice, next game, but just humor me here. How has your mindset changed, if at all, when approaching, you know, this type of shortened season and, and only getting so many chances to compete? Uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, just trying to come out and dominate. And it, it, that mindset never changed. So I think once you get uh, used to that, uh, everything seems like it's back to normal, for at least uh, two quarters. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, and so it's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just about, you know, just worrying about what you can control. Control is controllable. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I want to say um, I did not have nearly the amount of opportunities to play at the next level as you have, and I, I know that is definitely for a reason I've seen you play, right? But for me, even, the process of picking a school was, it seemed like the most stressful thing in the world at times for me. And I want to know what your perspective has been like like just trying to narrow down some of these schools. I saw you picked up an offer from Kent State earlier, actually. So congratulations, first of all, on that. Um, but you. I want to know what your perspective has been like trying to narrow things down. And you still have a year of football ahead of you at the high school level. So what has that been like? I mean, you're just trying to like you know just really narrow your options at this point, or how does that process go for you? I mean, it's been it's been it's been kind of been pretty awkward. You know, this whole time being like you know being a cast. <laughs> I've been watching awkward. people get offers and stuff. Yeah, and doing. And during the process and stuff, and then I'm like, it's finally my turn, and yep. everything was shut out. So it's just, it's just weird not being able to go anywhere or talk, talk to um, or talk to people in person. So seriously, just, seriously, yeah. Just talking, talking to people over Zoom, over the phone, whatever <laughs> I can do. You yeah. know, just, uh, <laughs> just, just making the best of the process right now. You know, of course. Kind of rest of the best. So that's, that's really the most important thing. All right, Jackson, so I'm Drew Carpenter here from Northwood University. I got a question for you. Actually, I got two. Um, understanding that you go to Kaz Tech, right, and Kaz Tech has been known to produce college talent. I think And so. NFL talent. And yeah, NFL talent, yeah. that's where I was going with. I'm pretty sure they're, like, top ten in the country for most guys currently in the NFL. Oh. Um, uh, so how does it feel to be a part of something that, like, has that level of greatness that, like, you know, like – what to expect out of your coaches? You're going to get some of the best guys in the state coming to your school. What do you? How does that? How does that feel for you? Good question. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's crazy, and really, I didn't have I didn't I didn't have my welcome to Cash Tech moment until last year 
against Forrest, and I come off the field, I see Donald Peoples Jones, Mike Weber, <laughs> Mike Owen, Owen, everybody just standing on the sideline. Man. I'm like, oh, my God. So that really flipped the switch, you know, made, made you want to work that much harder to get with those guys right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. and it's just, it just is about mindset about competing. Yeah, so my next question is kind of a personal question. Um, I'm teaming up <laughs> at Northwood with Daniel Wynn. Um, oh I'm God. pretty sure you yeah. know Daniel okay. Wynn. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Daniel Wynn real quick? Uh, Dan's a great leader. He's a great leader. Uh, he's, he breathes the energy on the field. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, goes, I like he, that. He goes, he goes to get you a big play if you need one, and uh, he picks you up when you're down. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Never bring you down. He's the first dude to come pick your head up. And then Dan's a great guy. Yeah, and then one last thing too, actually, um, Cats Tech and Detroit King might be the biggest rivalry in the state. Like and I'm teaming up with also Marquise Knowlton. I don't know if you know him. He's a big yeah, boy. I do. Yeah. I do. So I... speak on that rivalry real real quick because for us, like our biggest rivalries are Oxford Lake Orion and Oxford Clarkston and Clarkston Lake yeah. Orion. So speak on your little rivalry with uh King. Uh, you know, the King rivalry is, is nothing. You can't – I don't even know how to describe it. Really. It's, just, it's just a bad – it's just a war in between mm-hmm. the world. Like on that King team, you know, some of my, like, best friends on that team, like awesome. Dante – like Dante, I pretty much grew up with Dante. Dante was my quarterback all through Little League. Mm-hmm. So Sweet. It was, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, lining up against them <laughs> and stuff like that. But that – but that's uh, – it's just a – that's just a crazy battle. I would never – you know, I understand how crazy it is, but I, at least I can know for – but as long as I live, I beat them twice. <laughs> yeah, Keith and Dan were going at it all semester, just about King and Kaz. And yeah, Dan, I, saw, I saw the video. He woke up Dan at 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan let him have it after when oh, uh, Kaz Tech won. Yeah. Man, well, you said, I mean, you said it was awkward to line up against him. I bet for him it was probably scary, to be honest, to see you on the other <laughs> side of that line. But let's turn back. Um, the time a little bit. Let's look at the beginning of this year where you picked up that first big-time offer from Kentucky back in January, and then that kind of just opened up the doors because then almost immediately after that, you picked up two more from Colorado and Maryland in the span of a week. And I, I obviously, like I said, I don't have experience with this, but I'd imagine it just felt great to get the ball rolling and getting your name out there. What did it feel like to have all that happen so suddenly and just burst onto the scene like that? Uh, I mean, it was, it was crazy. That was a crazy day to... My worries was a basketball game. We weren't thinking about getting offers and stuff. I was I was one of the guys. I was like, oh, here they come in the spring, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not. Coaches were coming, stuff. So I introduced them and everything. And then I just get on with my day. And then the day I got off from Kentucky, it just everything just started rolling. Really. That's awesome. That was probably like I could tell you. I could tell you that day how that whole day went. Breakfast, lunch, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love that. And you're not going to forget that. I, I mean, I really doubt it. That's just something that, um, you know, after you're gone and through that process, something you're not really going to replicate. But, um, I mean, shoot, maybe you go and play on Sundays here, knock on wood or anything. But um, I think that's just an awesome experience that you're going to have a hard time replicating. But moving on from that, what are some of the things that you look at for in a potential school or a program when you're making this decision? You talked about how you're narrowing, trying to at least narrow down from your choices. Uh, outside of the obvious things like the strength of the program, like what was the team's record last year or like um, if they have the academic programs, what are the, some of the smaller things about maybe the way the coaches interact or the guys at the school that make a positive impression on you looking at them? So uh, something I look at really is do the coaches' guys come back? Like yeah. when they make the NFL and stuff, do they come back and say, oh, I got to come get some work in with coach or 
or stuff like that. Or, oh, we got to go chill with Coach. You know, I just – somewhere I know, like, it's not just when I'm there, my four or five years, seven months I'm there, it's not just, oh, okay, uh, you did what you had to do. All right, now, all right, I don't want to see you no more. You know, just, yeah. it's really just a family feel. And it's trying to get that because you can get a good education anywhere. Let's be honest. That's very true. A lot of those schools that uh, you have opportunities from right now to play at the next level, you're going to get, I mean, you're really going to get a great education no matter where you end up. And you're going to get a positive football experience right now. It's just about obviously picking the best one for you and the fit for you. But that is a great point. I have not really thought um, about that too much. I mean, just like, especially from these schools you're talking about with a lot of alumni in the National Football League, do they come back? Do they, you know, it's not a four or five year decision like you're talking about. You know, it's like a 40 year decision. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. So that was, that was a great point. But you talked about earlier how you're talking with these guys on Zoom and on the phone and how it's been, how it's been difficult because you're not on campus. You haven't really been able to visit a lot of these schools because of COVID and get a sense of the feel on campus maybe and how just the university operates. How do you, you know, kind of get around that? And what has that been like? Well, to be honest, this is this probably one of the perks of past. We got a lot, a lot of alumni in college. So most of the office stuff that I have, like either someone from Cass goes there, someone from Cass went there, something like that. That's awesome. And so I'll connect with them. They'll tell, us, they'll tell me about the campus or whatever. And then, like, I might do a virtual visit or something. Okay. And then, but, like, as soon as they don't plan to lift up the lockdown, I'll probably just go on self-guided visit and stuff. Okay. And I'll see campus myself. Yeah, because you're – how many – I spent, know at least, like, for your junior year, how many – are you limited to a certain amount of official visits, correct? You know, how many is that? Do you All know? Right. Yeah, I think it's three. Three? three? Okay, somewhere around there. I, hey, I'm not going to be here to correct you. I don't know. Um, but anyways, I, I mean, that'll be good for you, especially when you get out of this lockdown to be able to go and explore some of that. What have the virtual visits been like? I know I have a younger brother who's a senior right now at Lake Orion High School, and he's been going through that process a little bit. But I haven't talked to him too much about it. So I want to know, what have the virtual visits been like from these schools? I mean, to be honest, it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of like that, the holiday visit will go there. They take you through their uh, academic hall, take you through all the facilities and stuff, give you a little breakdown and stuff. You okay. You get all in the about 30 minutes an hour. Man. And you know, you get to, you get to talk to staff and stuff, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I guess uh, to transition here, the last thing I have for you before uh, we let you go today, and I really appreciate your time because this has been one of my favorite conversations so far for sure. Let's talk about some game picks. And I know I texted you earlier and said we're going to talk about Indiana and Wisconsin, but I'm not sure if you saw the news. BYU is now going to be playing against Coastal Carolina um, on Saturday. Did you see that earlier yeah. today? Yeah, I did see that. So, and College Game Day is going to be there. I mean, we're going to get into it right after this in the podcast, but um, – who are you taking in that game? I know we kind of just uh, sprung it on you here, but number eight BYU, number fourteen Coastal Carolina, two undefeated teams in the top fifteen. Who are you picking for the win? I, I think I got BYU right now. Yeah, I got BYU. That quarterback they have is pretty nice, and they, they <laughs> yeah. right now. He they is pretty nice. Right now. I was watching watching the game the other day, and I had to double check make sure this was the right BYU. I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, Zach Wilson has been uh, balling out for the Cougars. Um, and I'm I'm going to have to lean towards that, but I think Coastal Carolina is going to make that game super competitive. And I will say, I don't oh, know definitely. I don't know if I'd be surprised if they did pull it out, but I'd have to err on the side of BYU as well. Now, on the NFL scene, huge game this week. Browns, Titans, Titans coming off that huge win against the Colts. The Browns with Miles Garrett back. We're going to talk about that too, but they're looking for a big-time win, to kind of a prove-it game. Who do you have in that one? Uh, I got the Browns, and I got Baker oh, Mayfield. Yeah, oh, there we go. Yes, <laughs> my man. Drew, I, let's go. <laughs> Drew's our resident uh, Browns fan here, so that one made his day. 
I think I think Baker Mayfield, uh, he got to prove a lot of people wrong this week. So, yeah, yeah, he does. That got, he does. He, hey, we got this, Jackson. Don't worry about it. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I can't I can't even tell you how much that I really enjoyed that, man. I appreciate your time. So uh, you know, best of luck as you continue down this recruiting process and uh, have a great weekend. Watch some football, my man. I appreciate you having me. Of course, man. I'll see ya. Talk to you. All right, so we're going to have uh, – I think we're, that's going to be something we're going to do with a lot of our guests from now on is the game picks. I like that. Kind of mm-hmm. ties it into yeah. our conversation mm-hmm. a little bit more. I like to see what they had to say. Um, but Jackson, awesome dude. Awesome super dude. grounded, super humble. humble. I don't think you see that from a lot of guys in his position. So, yeah, I would say I would say the same thing. Yes. You know, I mean, you like, you like to think so, but I think he had a really good mindset and, like, outlook on everything, especially with how difficult it would be right now to be recruited at that level. I mean, I even said, like, I don't have nearly the amount of opportunities, and that shit was... None of us did. That was stressful. Like, it was stressful to pick a school. I mean, it really was. So, for him to be able to do that and have that outlook, um, it was awesome. So, going off the game picks, Coastal Carolina, number 14. They're slated to play Liberty, who is, what, 9-1 right now, correct? And Liberty comes up with some positive COVID cases, and their football program has to pull out of that game. Now, it's a big deal because... Um, not only is it a 9-1 team versus number 14 ranked team in the country, but college game day is showing up on campus for the first time in Coastal Carolina. So, Uh-oh. What? Game day. Oh, I thought you were about day. to like break some news or something. <laughs> so you, scared me. you scared me. But anyways, game day showing up to campus, and all of a sudden we don't have an opponent. So what happens? BYU finally lives up to their statement of any time, anywhere. And I believe they're starting to feel that pressure of the college football playoff committee. Sure. Right? I mean, they they should have been feeling it a lot longer before this. They should have picked up that game against, what was it, Washington? Washington. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, hey, better late than never, right? And against against the number 14 team in the country, they need this one. It's going to be a good game, yes. They need this one. If they win this game, if BYU walks away with this victory, they got the college football playoffs got to start taking them seriously. they really have to. Especially, I mean... You look at Coastal Carolina, they're not the big name, like beating Wisconsin or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they're an undefeated team but at the FBS level. If you're the 14th ranked team, yeah. you're obviously a good team. Yeah, that's very true. And the, the, like you said, the biggest argument against BYU and the Cougars has been their strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. And I did notice, I was looking at the amount of votes that each program received today. And after you get past that number eight spot, they're sitting at around like 1,100 votes. It goes from 1,100 down to like 800 something. So number eight is really anywhere from eight up. So you have like Florida, Texas A&M. Who's up? Who's the rest uh, uh, in that mix? Ohio State. Ohio State's the number four. But anywhere in that mix, one through eight. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, OSU, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati. 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 Yep, Georgia. Okay, so anywhere. By the way, Georgia should not be in the top ten. No. That's a good point. But anywhere in that one to eight, the amount of votes, just going off strictly the amount of votes, Anyone in there, it's anyone's game as far as who's going to end up in that playoff picture. So we're talking about how their biggest gripe with BYU has been their strength of schedule. I was looking at Ohio State's strength of schedule. Now, they obviously have not had the amount of games that they would have liked sitting yeah. right now at 4-0. But let's look at they had wins over Nebraska, Penn State, and Rutgers, teams that have a combined record of 4-13 and currently, with their only notable win coming against Indiana last week, which... First of all, they did not look nearly as dominant as they usually do because they were playing a solid. He did. That was a big reason why. And we talked about it before the show. Penix is going to be out for this week's game against Wisconsin. So I would assume that that Indiana, he probably will be. He might be out for the year. I think he tore something. I'm assuming that Indiana ranking is only going to plummet, which makes that um, that win for Ohio State just mean less and less. So, assuming they get these next two games in, they sit at well, six I and zero. I would say less and less because they beat them at, at full the time. Strength. They that's beat true. Them at full strength. So I don't. That's I true. Think if Indiana the college football worse. committee is not going to be like, oh, now 
their quarterback got hurt. Yeah, that's going to drop. They're going to be like they beat them at full strength. They had their good quarterback. I, Ohio yeah. State, I think will be in. If Indiana got worse with Penix in, then they'd be like, then well, be then like, it wasn't okay. that good of a win. That's but very true. Actually, good point. And it might prove that if Indiana does get worse, it'd be like, wow, when they did have them, they were really good. Yeah. And so for Ohio State. That might be good. And look at Ohio State, too. You said Penn State. Yeah. Like, 0 and 4 for the first time. In, or 0 and 5 now, right? Yeah. Well, like, no, they beat Michigan. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. That's true. Who would have thought that Ohio State, like, you're going, you look at Ohio State's schedule, you're like, all right, well, they're always going to play Michigan. They're always going to play Penn State. And within yep. the last five years since Harbaugh and Franklin have been there, you're like, all right, these guys are going to be ranked top 20. Yeah. Top Those 15. have been the, the big 10 matchups. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's and been. And now Ohio State's like, Oh, we we really could have used a uh, non-conference against Oklahoma. Yeah, or, uh, or, yeah, Oregon. Yeah, like, they were supposed to play Notre Oregon. Dame. Yeah, Oregon. Okay, that would have been a great. That would have been huge. Now look at the next two games for Ohio State right now. They're in East Lansing this weekend. Win. Yeah, I'm not really chalk that one up anyway. Nah, but Mel Tucker's got them. Mel Tucker. <laughs> hey, you never but know. The week after, won, the week after they've got Michigan. Will not be played. It's so yeah, and Kirk Herbstreit caught Michigan some flag for this. Just call, Michigan, Michigan just called, just called off their game against Maryland. First year in program history that Michigan will not end with a win at the Big House. Yeah, crazy. They did not win a game in the Big House. Tim Harbaugh, the first era. time ever, lowest of lows. Yeah, that really is. Wow. That really is. That is, but that is crazy to think about. I saw it today on Twitter. To Even if you look at Ohio State goes six and zero. And I know they are a great team because it's Ohio State, and that's the only reason. It's because of their pedigree and their their standing in in their quarterback of last couple years. Their pedigree that's what's keeping them at the number four spot right now. Mm-hmm. Because who's going to vote out Ohio State? But the thing is, who? So right now, since Michigan State beat Northwestern, who is Ohio yep. State going to be playing in the Big Ten championship? Is it going to be Wisconsin? Well, that's a good question. Wisconsin, I or is it going to be Northwestern? Because they're going to Northwestern's probably going to win out, but they got beat by a. Sorry, Michigan State team. And, well, Wisconsin's games kept getting uh, canceled. And I saw this. David Pollock brought it up on the show where they announced like, Wisconsin, the rankings and everything. Wisconsin's ranked 16, Northwestern's 14. Yeah. Yep. So I saw. Surprise, Northwestern is still that high, by the way. But go ahead, Drew. Listen to this. So if you. Listen. If David Pollock said that if Ohio State, let's just say they don't make the Big Ten Championship because of the. If Michigan cancels. If they're not right, eligible. Yes. Only five games. Four or so five games. So they would. Big Ten did this really cool thing where it's called Champions Week, where you still play another game. Really? Every team plays that during that week. So they could potentially play Wisconsin, which could be a bigger resume builder than playing a Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. That is something to think about. Because so did they just recently do that? They like yeah, expanded by a week? Year. It's just this year. Okay, I didn't know that. So yeah, no, it's kind of not gotten the light that I feel like it deserves. Interesting. Because that is, that's the first time that's I've heard, the first yeah, time I've heard of it, too. And I was like, wow, that's actually really interesting. because Champions Week. I mean, let's be real. Northwestern's... I just don't feel like they're that good. No, they're like, not. And I was really high. Their on defense them. has been we kind of bailing them out. Gerald, but yeah, I don't know. He does like yeah, but he doesn't get the recruiting that he deserves. He's yeah, a great but like coach. Pat Fitzgerald's been winning games that he shouldn't have won, frankly, mm-hmm, exactly. and that's why they were propelled into that number eight spot in the country. Their defense was bailing them in, out in big time games. Wisconsin, most notably, that's why mm-hmm. they got that huge boost. Um, but kind of going back to that Coastal Carolina BYU game. I think another good perspective to look at it is the Cougars quarterback, Zach Wilson, who we talked about uh, with our guests today a little bit about he's just balling out, and Jackson said he was nice. So I guess, you know, he's kind of nice. But this gives him another chance to prove on a large stage against a top 15 opponent why he deserves to be back in that Heisman conversation. Because we've advocated for uh, Trask. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the conversation either Uh, way. AJ. Mac Jones is going to be. I think he's still at the top of that conversation right now. I think Mac Jones is voting right now. Yeah. I don't see Alabama losing the game this year. I I think Alabama's going to the. I think they're taking it. 
Mac looks good. Uh, unfortunately, Waddle got hurt. All but facets, but yes, yep, that's Smith a big time. Is still there. Yep. Um, I mean, it's Alabama. They're all five stars on that team. Hell yeah, playing, they are. <laughs> they're playing against the best, uh, playing with the best coach in college football. Okay. So, are we talking? Which Alabama? Well, saying? yeah, Nick got Saban. COVID, but yeah, best coach in college football. <laughs> Two COVID scares this year for Nick Saban. Um, um back to you said Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking this up right now because I currently don't know it. But when was the last non-power five player win the Heisman? That's a great question. Because and I don't know the ever? answer to well, that. Ra- remember Randy Moss was in it when he when it was Marshall. him, Woodson, and Manning. Okay. But he didn't win. Yeah. So and they've I, had a candidate So for you're sure. talking about the top threes. No, that no, I'm, no that's the candidate. Like, I don't think – I can't remember the last time. Nothing comes won. up from my recent memory yeah. as far as um, if that were to happen. Go ahead. Marshall and, Falk got into the top five oh, yeah. at San Diego State. He finished okay. second and fourth. What league are they? BYU is an independent, correct? Oh, they, BYU is an independent. Yes, those Mormons. But and they're playing in the ACC this year. Yes. And the last, the last top five finisher, Keenan Reynolds, Navy's quarterback in twenty. Wait, BYU is not in the ACC. Notre Dame's in the ACC. Oh yeah. Yeah, BYU is still independent. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah. So they're just finding games. Yeah, they're just finding games. Other notable names: Kellen Moore at Boise was in the top four. And Detroit Lions back yep. up for a little bit. OC at the OC Cowboys, at now. Cowboys now. Is he really? Alex Smith that. before Utah joined the Pac-12, he was ranked fourth. In the Interesting. Heisman. Yeah. Well, there that, you go. A little t- little. Uh, he's t- got a chance. Yeah. He does. So I would say for him to come for Zach Wilson to come back in the Heisman, he has to put up at least two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he has to beat Coastal Carolina. Willingly, like if it's a close game, I would handedly play. beat handedly. Coastal Carolina. I agree. I would say I agree with Trask and uh, Mac Jones up there. I say those are the top two right now because um, Lawrence had to miss, and Lawrence, still their strength of yeah. schedule in the ACC, top to bottom, has yeah. not been. So I don't, I don't see Lawrence winning it, and he'll probably be gone next year. Even so, though he probably is the best player. I was in just about to say that. He's, but he just has. It's just yeah, he doesn't that missing that game against Notre COVID. Dame. Well, COVID season, and yeah. you also think about this with Trevor Lawrence too. How many times is he out by halftime? Yeah, they're beating teams. So Very true. Hard. I didn't think if, about like, that. If you think about because you get to the, pat those stats exactly, and the amount of I'd love to see the like splits of like his stats, if it was like projected he played the full game. Yeah, versus like a guy like Justin Fields who's putting up big numbers and he's usually in the game by the fourth quarter. Yeah, even against teams like Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean. Um, but we'll get into some Big Ten here in a minute. But something that I want to touch on is Sarah Fuller and her making history. With the squib kick at Vanderbilt. And I want to say right off the bat that I don't think she was set up necessarily for success. No, she was not. Just because from a standpoint of somebody who knows football, obviously the three of us, I would like to think, know the game pretty well. The kick, just for somebody who doesn't know the game, it looks weak. When you take a squib kick like that, the idea is to just pin the defense and really to eliminate a return. That's the whole idea of kicking a squib or like pooch, I guess there could be another word for it, different type of kick. But... When you do that, you're just trying to eliminate the possibility of a return. Now, for Vanderbilt, you suck. Your team is terrible. I don't fire know if their you, coach after that game. They yeah. did fire their coach after that game. Stick to baseball. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what like. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Let her. For me, it was like first of all, I want to say like good for her. Like good for her to yeah. go out there. They needed a kicker. So something. It's a cool story. Yeah. Something. I, they needed a kicker. It's not they did. like it's not like yeah. she went to the football coach and was like, I want to hey, kick. I play. Yeah. They literally sought her out. Two kicks. So exactly. That's awesome. Like she wasn't like she's not a charity case. Yeah, it's like yeah. She like they needed her. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what separates this for some people being like, oh, like they just wanted a girl on the team yeah. to like you know girl power whatever. No, that's not that was not mm-hmm. the case. That was not the case. Like you said, they sought her out and brought her on the team. 
Now, a thing that brings her down a peg or two, it was reported by ESPN's Courtney Cronin, hopefully I'm saying that correct, is that Sarah came in, Sarah Fuller came in during halftime, and she was so not pleased with the Vanderbilt team, by the way, is not win a game this year, and they still have not, that she thought it was okay to come in and give a halftime speech to the guys about their attitude. And let me just, yep, here's the initial reaction. And that that. was my initial reaction. And when I immediately read this story, I thought it was fake. I was like, there's no way, you know, I thought this. No way. She's coming. No, 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 no. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There were direct quotes from her. It was reported by ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Did I say that again? And it was later verified in an ESPN article. So this is not like a one-time thing. And then obviously many other publications after ESPN reported the story. And it has been verified. She has not denied it. Nothing. She's owned up to it. And... That's it, it, just not her place, and I, I don't want to like go into too much of it. And that's and, not a and, new person on the team's place. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not that because she's that's, a girl. It's just you've been on the team for a week. That's what I wanted something. to differentiate. Is like I Have do not think step up. I do not think it's your place. Not because you are a female in what has been you know pr- prominent predominantly excuse me a male sport. If first of all you are a kicker. And I, I hate to say, <laughs> no. hey, that okay, Maddie P, Pat, I, McAfee, I would course, listen to him, of course. And Pat McAfee's my dude, my Dave favorite Rainer, show of all Oxford time. Grad. But Shout out. even Pat McAfee and Rainer and all these guys would agree that it is not the kicker's place to come in and give a, you know, I'm going to run through a brick wall halftime speech to these guys. That's not their place. And like you said, this is her. I don't know. She's been on the team for less than a week. And all of a sudden, she's going to draw all these conclusions about a team like that, like right? What, Their team sucks. She doesn't sucks. know anything. Their team sucks. Yeah. Well, she knows a lot about team teamwork. Excuse me. Her soccer team at Vanderbilt actually just came off an SEC championship run. So, I mean, obviously, she's a great athlete. I'm no question. She there. must be a great. And great she leader knows she knows something. being about a great leader and a great teammate. More importantly, but she came in and started talking about how the attitude of the guys needed to change immediately, Time and, and how they needed to do this and this and. I just had to assume that the locker room was looking at her like, are you serious right now? Yeah. No, right? How would the, sure. I just, I'm just trying to imagine that the reaction that they would have had and imagine, uh, this is a, kind of a stupid analogy, but imagine if a guy, for whatever reason, the soccer team needed a player and a guy came on, not necessarily from the football team, but a guy came on and he was there for a few days. How would she feel if she, he came in at halftime and was like, or I don't know, is there halftime in soccer? I don't know if it's necessarily possible because there is a men's soccer team. No, they don't have a men's soccer team. Oh, really? Vanderbilt does not have a men's soccer team. That's why that's they did why, not recruit a guy from the men's soccer team because they don't have one. There you go. Yeah. So my point, and the only my reason, point, my and the point, only reason, yeah. why was there was like one reason that the only like she was coming back to like grab stuff from home, like because none of the soccer players were on campus. Yeah, she was just there that weekend, and the coach was like, "We need you." Yep. Yeah, because their wow. season's over. So, how would it be not, if a guy I comes in and you've got this obviously very different situation because her team obviously with the SEC championship game. Big time team, they're winning games, they've got a good culture established, whatever. He comes in, he's gonna give you a speech. I don't know if I have halftime in soccer games, but he's gonna they give do. you a speech. How would you feel if an outsider just came in and all of a sudden just made all these assumptions? Outsider, an outsider. An not, outsider. Respect to, not a respect male, to not a her. female. Respect to her, respect to her. No disrespect, but an outsider in that sport. It's not your place. I don't think we need to touch on it. I, yeah, the last thing. I agree. The like, it'd be really cool if you're like, you know, you're in a big game. Let's just say, you know, the big Tim Tebow speech. We got thirty. Tim minutes. Tebow. I could run through a wall for Tim Tebow. I mean, it doesn't even matter if it was Tim Tebow. And then pray or, right yeah, afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> but like, you want the guy. Please let me run through this wall, Lord. <laughs> you want the guy that was sweating next to you yeah. for workouts. Went right through everything with you. Waking up at five yeah. in the morning. It's a good point. And not. 
the girl who was like, I'm going to put pads on for a week and kick yeah, you guys. Yeah, that's true. So and to not finish, even just with a girl. Just to finish off our conversation, I don't want to dwell on it too much. And like I said, I have the utmost respect for her for even going out in the field. I'd imagine, I mean, shoot, none of us are going to play in a Power 5 game in our lifetime. So but I, Vanderbilt, if you ever did call. Sarah Fuller said that she would love to stick around on the team as long as they'll have her. And even though the returning kickers for, kickers for Vanderbilt are coming out of quarantine, they're going to be back on the roster. I don't think it's going to be a burden for them to keep her around. It's a good PR well, move. She was especially SEC with player of the week. It, yep, she was. She we're, was. We're not going to. We're not going to touch Mac, on it. Mac Jones, who had five touchdowns, three special touchdowns. special teams player of the week. Special teams player of the week. Co special teams player of the week. So it's not like she. Yeah, easy, easy. But um, I don't think it's a burden for them to keep her around. Especially now they're going to have an interim head good coach PR for the. Like you said. For the foreseeable future, they're going to have an interim head coach to come into that program that has seen nothing but failure in the past couple weeks. Um, do you think, I, I just hope it's not a distraction for them, which at this point, does it really matter? You're 0-8, a fired head coach. You don't have any success. I think we'll just, get through the season. right. We'll just leave it at that. Um, let's get a game. One. But I did, I did want to touch on that before we transitioned over into some big 10 football. Cause that was some big time news for college football on the scene of college oh, it football. Was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we'll move on from that big 10 football. We already touched on it a little bit earlier. Talked about Ohio state. We didn't talk about Michigan State with their big-time upset over number big 8 time. Northwestern. Huge upset. That, I will say, my dad, Jim Manzo, did call, even though I thought he was Shout out Jim. full of it. Shout-out, Jim. He wants to be on the podcast. We have to get him on. Get here. him on next week. Come on. We might. We might. We might. We might. Holiday we might. special. Just Holiday special. Holiday special. Just like just getting down for NFL. Yeah. Maybe. He'll, he'll make a guest appearance. But putting them on, Michigan State as one of the only three teams this year with multiple wins over the AP top 15 opponents. This is crazy. That is wild because their win over Michigan, top so 15. So is this game, this weekend, a trap game for Ohio State? Does Mel Tucker have the card for top 25 teams? What does he know man. that we don't know? Is this a trap game? Trap. I don't know, man. I don't know. Think I really don't. That. Think about that. Well, they, think, might be, they might be looking past this game at this, just, that dogfight that's going to be in uh, Columbus with Michigan <laughs> Impossible, but right now I just feel like Ohio State. I, I'd be very interested to feel like what the vibe is in that locker room. I would assume that you know, with Ryan Day, correct? Mm-hmm. Ryan correct. Day, yep. with Ryan Day at the helm, they're not going to be looking past necessarily any opponents. I don't I, think so. Yeah. I would assume they have the same mindset going into each week. But with all of the questions surrounding now, now BYU gets this big time game against Coastal Carolina. All of these things are not shaking out for the Buckeyes. Ohio State has to win out, and they have to win out in a handedly. dominant fashion. So, yes. Not don't, even handily. In don't a forget about dominant their, fashion. They're in state, not rivals, but. Cincinnati Bearcats. That's very true. That's a good point. Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. But they are looking at possibly being out of college football playoff contention, sitting at 4-0. They need both of these next two games in East Lansing and Michigan. And then we did talk about that Champions, the Champions mm-hmm. Week, yeah. which I had not heard much about. So that kind of changes it. Um, but I mentioned it earlier. Kirk Herbstreit commented on how Michigan holds the power. I would say holds the power. Not that they've made any decisions. For once this season, they hold the power to do something. And that is to keep OSU from reaching the playoff, not by beating them, which I guess would also be the case if they did that, but by not playing the game and claiming COVID cases. And stated that there, there has been talk of this happening around the country, most notably when Florida State was out on playing Clemson. That Now, coaches, he claims, have been talking about this. And I think that's an interesting perspective because do we believe that that's happening? I think that's just dirty. Oh, like, 100%. The, and, it's unethical. But and, like, do you think it's happening? I don't think it's going to happen. I think Michigan will play that no. game. Do you think it's happened in, during the course of this season? 
for anyone, not necessarily so for Michigan. So you're talking about the Clemson-Florida State game? Most so, notably. No. I no. think no guy in their right mind, like even their rivals or whatever, mm-hmm. like college football in general, like college football players, everybody wants to play. The coaches want to play. I don't think anybody's yeah. going to be like, Let's not do this. I would so like to. Out of the I would playoff. like to agree with. I you. would love to think that's yeah, right. exactly. I would love to think that's because that's what it's like. Like I know all of us would love to be playing this year. Yep. Like even if we got one game, mm-hmm. but and I think most of those guys would be like, oh yeah, just one. It's like one week. I you said the Florida State Clemson. Like I bet those guys would have loved to play Clemson. Just get your hat out. Yeah. Because if you do beat Clemson, <clears throat> you're the man. Yeah. You're, you're the, the top dog. All of a sudden, so. It's an interesting perspective, and like you said, I'd love to think that none of that happens or it goes on, but in the back of my mind, I know that there is just some ways where some shape or form where that definitely could happen. But Michigan's home game this week against Maryland has already been canceled as of Wednesday, as I'm sure you guys know, due to a number of positive cases from Michigan. And Maryland had uh, issues earlier on in the season. The Terps had some issues with some positive COVID cases popping up. But now Michigan stopped all in-person activities back on Monday, and it's not looking promising for next week or not yeah, next week, correct? Mm-hmm. Next weekend against OSU because they're actually not going to be back in the facility until at least Monday at the earliest. What well, do you think of that? Well, it's one of those things where if you look at NFL teams, um, just speaking on my um, knowledge of the Browns have been out, Miles Garrett, you know, got COVID or whatever. Back now? Yeah. We'll and talk so, about it in a few minutes yeah, here. he's back. And so anyway, they had to do a lot of their practices on Zoom. The Raiders' whole defense was out, right? The and Ravens that, got... One day of practice yes. this week yeah, before they exactly. played the Steelers. And they so, almost beat them. I mean, <laughs> I understand. Should've. We'll get into that. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that NFL versus college, completely different. You're dealing with men versus, you know, Very true. boys. Yeah. And so, can Michigan probably still play if they don't have a lot of practice time? Yeah. Will it probably make a difference? No. Either way, if they play Ohio <laughs> State or not, they're going to get <laughs> ran out of the stadium. You know when yeah. You know when Ryan Day said, we're going to put 100 on them? Yep. He might. He might. <laughs> he might. <laughs> like, oh he my was not like, exaggerating. I, I have more confident in Brady Hope taking Devin Gardner down there to beat oh my goodness. Ohio State than I am oh my Jim Harbaugh goodness. taking whoever starts at Michigan. Jeez. Edwin McCaffrey, we miss you. We wish you would have stayed. <laughs> hey, he's our guy. He's our, if he they came back, he would have been their guy. He would have been. Probably. He got, he's a McCaffrey. Seen. He was definitely athletic. Dude. But we wow. didn't want him. To round out our college football talk for today, a little bit of action. Not too much, just enough to uh, keep you satisfied until next week. But I did want to touch on, you can't ignore this, the Buffalo running back, Jared Buffalo. Patterson, putting on a show. Buffalo now sits at 4-0 on top of the MAC East after a big-time win against Kent State, who, hey, our boy uh, Jared Jack- Jarrett Pruitt, Jackson Pruitt, I cannot speak. Jackson Pruitt from earlier just picked up an offer from yep. Kent State. Hopefully he was not watching that game because <laughs> Jarrett Patterson. Hey, Buffalo should have called him right then and be like, hey, you see that guy run for eight touchdowns again? Yeah. Yeah, come yeah here. exactly. <laughs> but coming off not only last week, let's talk about last week before we get into this week. Last week, 300 plus yard game two weeks ago, sorry, excuse me, against a terrible Bowling Green team was at the bottom of the Mac. Yep. He proved it was no fluke last week against Kent State who was tied for the top spot in the Mac East. So this was like the game was Buffalo versus Kent State because they're both 3-0 at the time on top of the Mac East. He finished with 409 rushing yards and eight touchdowns on 36 carries and was only 18 yards short of the NCAA single-game rushing record. They pulled him late in the game. And they didn't know. The coach didn't they know. They didn't know. If you've so, got okay. 400 yards, I'm just going to go out and assume that you're close yeah. to some freaking record. The thing is, 36 carries, that means he is rushing for over 10 a carry. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you want to hear how many like fantasy 12, points probably. he had? Oh, Lord. 88.9. <laughs> DraftKings. <laughs> DraftKings. Can you imagine if you just like, oh, I might yeah, just start Bublo. this guy today. Dude, that is insane. Dude, crazy game. Crazy game. And I feel like every year we always get a game like that from at least one running back yeah, throughout the whole like college football season. Melvin Gordon had one of those when he was Samaj at Peary. P. Ryan. P. Ryan yeah. from yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yep. That was like back to back. That weeks. was back to back. Was it really? Melvin broke it, and then P. Ryan broke it the P- next week. P- I did not know. I don't remember week. that. Man, yeah. I didn't know it was that close together. But um, a few. Like, P. Ryan holds it right now. Yeah, that was like five years ago. That was Melvin's senior Oklahoma year. State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. He yeah. played for Oklahoma. Okay. With uh, I think the current record is from someone from Oklahoma Mixon. State. Yep, him and Joe Mixon were his two. I think like, the current the record is from somebody at Oklahoma State, though. I could be wrong. Could be Oklahoma. Oh, it could be Chuba. Did, does oh, he, did he Chuba? Chuba, did he Chuba Hubbard. Actually, look it up. But anyways, as you do that, um, I wanted to say that a few news outlets have actually included him in the Heisman talk, which is laughable because he's from Buffalo or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, we just talked about a non-Power 5 team. Mm-hmm. BYU is a very different situation being an independent. Um, like I said, it's outlandish. But the fact that he's even an afterthought coming out of a non-Power 5 conference is incredible. And he deserves it, right? 300-yard 300, 300 game, putting on a show against the, one of the best teams in the MAC. I'm going to definitely... Um, I, I follow Maction to a certain degree. I'm definitely going to be following uh, Jarrett Patterson as the rest of this season goes on. Drew, did you find anything? It says um, FBS record held by former Oklahoma running back Samaj P. Ryan. There you go. Okay. Yep. So yep. you're right. 2014. So right on there. I think there Chuba boys. was pretty close, though. Like, he had, like, maybe Especially career yeah. career yards, too. Yeah. That had to be He had to be pretty close mm-hmm. up there. But yeah. he's, he's um, had a down year, He had... Um, 427 is what he had. Damn. Uh, so he, he was that Five close. So he was that close, man. And Matt, yards, if they, that's him. W- when they pull him, like, the fourth quarter, if they probably, probably yeah. like, seven minutes left, yeah. easily yeah. could have got Oklahoma Run that beat, man. Oklahoma beat Kansas that day, 44-7. Kansas, bro. Stick to basketball. Holy cow. <laughs> but anyways, that's going to wrap up our uh, college football portion of the podcast. Now we're going to get into our second guest of the day, Nick Matenza, joining us from Wayne State. Let's cut right to that conversation and get a good conversation here with Nick. Joining us today on Division One Rejects is a dude who I got to play twice in my high school career while he was at Stony Creek in Rochester. A middle linebacker that plays downhill and hits like a truck. Now at Wayne State University, it's Nick Potenza. What's going on, Nick? Hey, guys. How you doing? Fantastic, man. Lions are have made the biggest news of this year. Patricia's gone. It's a good day. We're rejoicing. How are you? <laughs> Nick? Oh yeah, um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> there he is. There he is. That's good to hear, man. Good to hear. I was reading a little bit on your on your bio at, on Wayne State's roster, and you had three interceptions your senior year. Is that right? Yeah. yeah holy, holy shit! These quarterbacks. I mean, that's. I feel like that's a that's a really good number for a linebacker. Now you played yeah. middle linebacker, correct? Yes, correct. He's got some hands too. He's a versatile guy. I love that, man. On the hands team. I love that dude, and I still. I'm thinking back to the last year we managed to beat you guys in the playoffs where you guys, first of all, you had a hell of a squad. And I think we got away with that game. Like we always talk about in the playoffs, especially how you have to steal a game. And we, I think we kind of stole that one. You look at the time of possession in that game and you guys possessed it for, I want to say like three quarters of the entire game. Um, I'm assuming you feel the same way on that one. Yeah. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Man. I mean, I mean, we'll talk about it here in a minute, a little bit more depth, depth, excuse me, but you guys had a super solid core of guys, a lot of which are only graduating this year, and they went undefeated in the regular season this year. So that program has definitely made a ton of strides since you've um, gotten into that program. You've, I'm assuming, been a huge part of that. So what was it like to turn that program around a bit from when you came in to now where you're having all the success? Yeah, so like you said, when I uh, first got to Stony Creek, uh, 
honestly, it was pretty laughable. It was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I'm, I'm being brutally honest. It was pretty yeah. bad. Um, but then uh, once our new coach, Nick Merlo, got in, he focused on changing the culture, which everyone bought in, everyone in the community bought in. And awesome. Like you said, last year we had a lot of success in the first playoff game in, what, eight, nine years? Holy and cow, yeah. Obviously this year, getting a playoff win, going undefeated, so – What's up? It feels good to change something. Oh, yeah. Hey, Nick. So, uh, this is Drew Carpenter here. I played at Oxford. Um, So, I wanted to talk about how you guys turned that program around. Um, My junior year, so our junior year, I remember going into Stony Creek and – First off, your student section is electric. I don't know how <laughs> they, you guys are awesome. I, I've never been booed more by an opposing That's crowd, awesome. and that was before the game started. Um, so <laughs> just wanted to say that. But um, we went in there, and quite frankly, you you were ki- uh, you weren't kidding. Like we thought Stony Creek was like not a very good football team at all. And then that next year, you know, when you're looking at your schedule, we're like, all right, who's our wins? We're like Stony, Stony for Creek, sure, right? Yep. Yeah, like they're not good. You guys totally changed that culture, it seems like, because you come into our house and you beat us good. Then I went to the Stony Lake Orion game, and I'm yeah. watching you guys compete. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at your guys' team uh, going into this year, and I was like, watch out for Stony. My brother was a quarterback for Oxford this year. I was like, Stony's going to be a good team. And so how did it feel to, like, turn that culture around? Because we kind of had the same thing at Oxford going from 2-7 and seven to a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, I don't know. It's- Going throughout middle school, everyone in my grade and the grade below, it was just, like I said, it kind of felt embarrassing, all this losing. I bet. So, I mean, once Coach Merlo brought in the idea of changing the culture and everything, everyone in my grade and the grade below, I don't know, really just bought into it. We all wanted to change. We didn't want to be considered that team that's always a guaranteed victory. Yeah. And, yeah, it just felt good to have a chance. Yeah, nobody wants to be that team. What do you think was the uh, most important thing in um, getting all those guys to buy in, like you talked about, not only in your class, but the guys below you? Well, um, especially in my grade, we had a lot of guys who actually cared about the season, weren't just, weren't just there to have the name on the back of the jersey or get the part. So that's good, yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely good. And then, honestly, going through, like I said, middle school, we all knew our senior year we would have a good squad. And once we got the coach we needed and good coaching staff it all just build itself together you know that's awesome man no it's definitely um a great story and especially you're gonna remember that for a long time i'd assume but now going to wayne state like you guys are totally the opposite side of the spectrum right you had a great season last year finished second in the gliac some big wins against grand valley and ashland you get that second spot behind ferris state who is the powerhouse right now what does it feel like now coming off of that program and you turned it around and now like, you know, you've established that culture there and hopefully that will last for years to come, you know, with your class and the class below you being those guys that really, really brought that and established it with that coach, like you said, Coach Merlo. What is the difference now? You're coming into an established culture in Detroit under Coach Winters, who's in his 17th year. So you got to know that that culture has been here and it's been around. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's great to come into a winning program, come into a program who does things right. Things the way things should be done. Yeah. Obviously, every, everyone, every college team, even the ones that are playing, are going through setbacks right now. Of course. Just got to stay focused, know what you're practicing and get, and get better for. And I don't know, it just feels to be good. It feels good to be part of something like that. Hell yeah. I love that. And we had uh, Myron Harris on, the running back from uh, Chip Valley, who I'm assuming you know pretty well now. I oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. 
Myron, awesome dude, but he was telling me about how he went through that recruiting process, and obviously he got looks from a ton of schools, and he, right off the bat, I mean, super talented, athletic kid, thought he was going to go play at least in, like, the MAC or something he was telling me, but um, ended up at Wayne State, obviously, just because he said those guys really got to know him on a personal level and really did a great job of maintaining that relationship with him all the way throughout the recruiting process. And he said Wayne State was really the obvious choice for him. Would it be a pretty, a pretty similar kind of situation for you, or is it any different than that? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, they definitely have a good family atmosphere up there. Awesome. Their their saying is "one warrior," and I definitely think they live by it. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, you can you can talk about it, or you can be about it. So I'm glad that they are uh, on the latter of the two. Now, going off of that, you're playing with your brother again at Wayne. So was that a big draw to go play for the Warriors? I'd assume. And what has that um, been like? I know you don't have the experience like we we're talking about before we got on the call about um, the season that did not happen. But uh, what has that been like so far? Oh, it's great. I um, I actually, I only ended up playing with my brother for one year. It's yeah. Senior year, our junior year. So I mean, it's always great to play with my brother. Definitely. Of course, and he was he was a four year starter at Stony Creek, correct? Yeah. Man, there you go. Two of the potential boys taking on Wayne. I love that. Um, were you were you on campus uh, for the first semester at Wayne? I'd assume. Yeah, I was. What was the uh, what was the campus life like at Wayne? I mean, I'm not going to ask you to. You know, give me a play-by-play of the the Saturday nights or whatever. But like, what was the campus life like? And was it was it uh, was I mean, at Northern, I know everything's like there's not a whole lot to do. I, I guess I was just wondering, like, what was it like being on campus? Yeah, like you said, it's not it's not normal campus life. That yeah, would, you know, experience normally. But I mean, it's fun to hang out with the guys and we got the free time. Obviously, do do schoolwork. Yeah. Other than that, just mainly chilling out, getting ready to practice the next day, and hanging out with the guys and apartments and stuff. Yeah, how much practice did you guys end up getting in? We ended up doing um, so we lift about two days a week, and then we did, we have an hour, hour and a half of field time, four days a week. That's actually that sounds Very pretty nice. good to me. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, more than I got sure. for sure. Um, so that's that's solid. Um, how has your mindset changed? I guess I know I was talking to someone the other day. It almost feels like I don't want to say like I don't feel like a football player anymore, but I haven't played in over a year. Like I haven't really stretched with the pads and gone into a field and like played in a football game. Like has that affected your mindset at all, or just still just next day, next lift, next game, get after it? Yeah, honestly, it really hasn't. If anything, okay. I, obviously, it's not positive, not too much. Well, football, yeah, yeah. Especially coming in as a freshman, you get that year of experience without actually having to experience it. So you kind of get a little taste of what college football is about. I mean, I think I think it's all positive, but of course we'd rather be playing over the weekend. Yeah, of course. Well, man, I, I appreciate it. It's been it's been awesome. I got two more things for you here uh, before we all wrap right. it up. A couple game picks. Um, okay. Now the first of which we actually switched this one up. I know we were going to talk about Indiana and Wisconsin, but I'm I don't know if you've seen earlier today it was announced that Coastal Carolina is now hosting BYU and College Game Day is also going to be there. Did you see that earlier today? No, it's not. Actually. You did not. Well, there you go. I just broke the news to you then, broke I guess. The news. Anyways, bomb. Coastal Carolina, bomb. number 14 in the country, BYU, number eight in the country, two teams that are undefeated right now, right? But I've, the argument is really that they haven't played, I guess, much competition to be considered in the, in the uh, college football playoff picture. Uh, I mean, you know, I kind of just sprung this on you last minute here, but we don't really know much about it. Who would you take in this game if you were just going to, you know, maybe flip a coin? Uh, I would have to go with BYU. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I haven't followed those teams that often, but um, I've heard great things about the quarterback, BYU's quarterback. Oh, yeah, Zach Patrick. Wilson. That's pretty strong. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to go BYU on that one. There you go. Now, flipping it onto the – oh, bless you there, boss. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> flipping it onto the uh, NFL scene, 
Let's talk a little bit of Titans-Browns. Who do you think is coming out with that one? Titans obviously coming off a huge win against the Colts. Ginormous win. Ginormous win. And uh, resident Browns fan Drew here, I'm, I'm sure he's interested to see yeah, what you say. Make the right choice. Hey, make man. the right choice. You know the right choice. <laughs> Um, honestly, I'm going to have to go with Titans. Yep. Um, King Henry. I'm a Rochester <laughs> Adams fan now. Just know <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, Nick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Titans. Uh, both obviously both strong running games. Oh, yeah. But, um, I feel like they're, I'm just going to be honest, I do not think they're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. And if I, I feel like if they do find a way to stop him, I feel like Tannehill and uh, AJ Brown have proved themselves to be able to win the game, so I'm gonna go with Titans. I respect. I respect. I'm with you, I dude. AJ Henry is drawing comparisons to be like the the Derrick Henry AJ of the Henry? wide receiver. AJ, AJ Henry. Oh, sorry, AJ sorry, Brown. sorry, sorry, sorry. You mean it is pretty much AJ Henry. Henry because he runs like Derrick he Henry when like he gets the ball. He Boom. Like there you go. There you go. But thank you, All Nick. Right, I uh, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for uh, joining us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, man. I'll see ya. Hey, you. Take care. That's a great talk by Nick. Great talk with Nick Potenza. Pretty good, pretty good dude. Yeah. Pretty good dude. Grounded dude. We talked about um, you know, his success at Stony and how he, he really turned that program around. He was a really uh, I guess instrumental part. Oh, for sure. Stony was definitely, I mean, let's he said it. it, they were laughable. It was that's, embarrassing. Yeah. And they were. They, they were, were bad. always like one of like I said, one of those teams where you're like, oh, yep. W. W. Yeah. Every year. Undefeated every year. this year in the regular season. Lose to Romeo in the playoffs. Solid Romeo team. Which and that was considered an upset. upset. Yeah. yeah. An upset for them. So um playing those guys. You know, they had a really good team. They had a solid squad. Even though I had 180 yards in the first half against them, they had a pretty flex, a pretty a pretty good team. Can we get it, Kobe? Anyways, let's move into some NFL talk. I think you this score is a touchdown that game too. Don't care. I, All right, NFL. I actually had 3, but uh we'll go into some NFL here and uh Northern uh recruiter was there. So it was a good night. Uh anyways, NFL talk. <laughs> Who is this guy? NFL talk. You ready for some NFL talk? (laughs) 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 Not nearly, but NFL, we talked about it. This has been a talk of the week, and it's funny because at the beginning you said it was the best news for the Lions all year. One problem addressed with the, uh, what do they call it? They've been relieved of their duties, is that what they said? To which I quoted the tweet Uh, and said, I'm also relieved by this post. So (laughs) it's it's a win for both. Two different types of relief. Exactly. Two different types of relief, but... This is one problem addressed for the Lions, getting rid of Patricia and Quinn. I think there's many more to come. Let's enjoy this brief feeling of accomplishment for the Lions. I still don't love Sheila Ford Hemp, correct? And the maybe the direction of this program, or this franchise, I should say. No, that was, um, a, that was a step in the right direction. I think it was a I step do. in the I right do. Oh, 100%. That's obvious. I'm just saying. I still don't if love Martha where was, we're if at. If Martha was still there, I think she would have let Patricia stay the rest of the year. I oh, actually agree. I, I agree. I honestly think so complacent. Like, they're like, we can't fight. By the way, she passed, correct? So she did. Oh, she didn't. No, she, she didn't. Oh, she did not. No, she didn't. Oh. I'm wrong. I think so. I thought oh. she passed. Oh. No, no. Never oh. mind. I, I kind of think not they yet. were thinking, well, he might be traveling to go, you know, eat dinner on Friday with his family. Let's not fire him on Thanksgiving while he's eating. We'll wait till the next day. I <laughs> 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 won't get him. Uh, but anyways, that news was long overdue. I love that we're cleaning house. The Patricia news. She's alive and well. She's alive and well. That's good. I don't know why I thought that. I apologize uh, to Martha there. But um, Patricia news was long overdue. Everyone saw that coming. Uh, I think Bob Quinn was a little bit of a, it was definitely a a good move. I was a little surprised. Me too, because I liked the guys he brought in. Like TJ Hawkinson, uh, I started, like he is leading the NFL in tight end votes right now. 88,000 as of earlier today. As of earlier today. I love TJ. A lot of people Uh, criticize the pick. 
And oh, NFC, NFC. Oh, Pro I was say. Yeah, sorry, what? sorry. No, Travis Kelsey is leading tight ends. Yeah. He's like number five in, in the league. In the right league. Yeah. Anyway, I loved. Everybody disrespects how we drafted uh, that that draft when we took TJ over at seven. I liked Bob Quinn, and I thought he was doing a good job. I want to. Yeah, he whiffed on a couple, like a lot. A lot. Yeah. Hey, Jared he's had, he's had his moments. He's had his, he's had his Lake games. Lake and Tomlinson, look up, stuff like that. Yeah. You, you talk about. It, I'm gonna look up the Lions like last like five first round pick. Go ahead. Okay. So we've had TJ. Okuda still getting into it. He got hurt. He didn't play on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So Swift. I think that was a big whiff. Swift. 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 Okay. Swift as yeah. well. That was a good Concussion, pick. though. So when Concussion. Did, do you know when Bob Quinn got there? I want to say 2016. Okay. So Taylor Decker, if, if that's the oh. case. Yep. I actually do want to say that's his first draft. Okay. Gerard Davis. I think it's Jared. Jared, same yeah. thing. Uh, <laughs> Frank Ragnow. Uh, yep, I know his draft, and then TJ, yeah. and then Okuda. TJ, I love that. Okuda. I love those first round picks. Not bad. But yeah. the, Jared is underrated. Yeah, but still, I don't, think I don't like Taylor Decker. Actually, I take that back. I, I think know. he's overrated as heck. And I don't think that. I don't think it was necessarily the first round draft pick misses. I think it was more in the second and third round. You know, where you when had he reached guys, for Tavi. That's very true. Reached for that. Uh, that's true. Tavi. Tavi. Yeah. Um. St- obviously, Swift was a steal, and I think Agreed. Kansas City's looking at like. Man, we should have picked Swift over. I mean, Clyde. Clyde's gonna be good. It's also healthy. Swift Clyde's is, also healthy. So yeah. Swift's sweet. <laughs> Swift's but, sweet. And yeah. I remember at the beginning of the season, people were like, "Why?" Which well, now we're using them, which the, is good. Drop the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we now we're gonna we let this forty-year-old come in yeah. and start over our two backs with carry on and Swift. We're gonna put AP. I like both those guys. I like both those guys. Oh, he's great. Great player. I thought they were bringing him in immediately as a mentor role, but. Apparently not. Now, this is a stat that I wish I would have got your reaction on this yeah. right before we started this segment. Um, Matt Patricia did not beat the ba- the Bears or the Vikings in his time with Detroit. I understand. What the hell? I understand the Vikings. The Vikings have been very consistent. I think they're going to make they, a, though? I think they're going to make a playoff push right here. I don't I, see it. I don't see I it think, either. I the Bears are going to tank. I think but that's the thing. That's what I don't get. Mitch Trubisky is what five and zero against the Lions. By the way, they are keeping brood. him in this weekend against the Lions. So, pretty good news for us. Oh, great! You say news. that Honestly, you say that, and every time he goes off against the Lions, Honestly, I think, <laughs> every time I, I swear guys, he has thrown three touchdowns every single time we play him. I'm being serious. I I don't. He gets unnecessary hate. Like he's not that good. Don't get me wrong, but I get it when you take Ooh, him. The- is this guy? Right. When you take him over Mahomes and you, you take him over, that. you take him over Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I get it, but I, like I gotta bleep that. Yeah, bleep that. I will. When you take, I just don't I'm think sorry, he's that I'm sorry. bad. I just don't think he's that bad. Okay, what you gotta think about is once again, I watched got, the Packers game and they're a good defense, and he was making no, the play. thing about Packers, Mitch defense. They drafted him second overall. That's what I'm yeah, I that's the problem. Second, oh, that's because the you problem. look at who was behind that's him. What I'm that's the reason why. He that's so the reason why. I, I agree. He's had his moments. He's had his moments. He's notoriously bad. When you're a second that's why. overall pick, you have it. to live no, up to I, it. In I, three I, years, you especially today in today's NFL, you have to. Oh yeah, I get it. Let's get back to the coaching conversation though. Uh, Robert, is it Saleh? Salah. 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 Robert Salah. There you we go. Thank it's you. It's a no-brainer. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's, he's reading off my, my, my script here says, is Robert Salah the answer for Detroit? I think the obvious answer is yes with his ties to Detroit. And he even came out and said either today or yesterday that Detroit or, you know, the city specifically means a lot to him still. So, mm-hmm. come so on. That dude, that's like, yeah, like, come on. And but you like, know, then you have to look at, does he have any interest? Which then that kind of answers that question, yep. right? Because he came He's out and said Dearborn. it. Richard Sherman came out. Went to and Northern. He, 
He's got northern ties too, yep. which is you know I was going to talk about that in a second, but yeah, that's yep. a huge deal Sorry, too. No, it's okay. It's okay. Your thunder. It's a great point. Oh, wow, okay. It's a great point. <laughs> but Richard Sherman seems to think he's the man. Publicly endorsed him. Came out and talked to I forget what uh, who he was I think talking it was to. On Chris Collinsworth, uh, PFF was which it? Is, um, Pro Football Focuses. I think it was on that. Okay. Anyway, he came out and said like basically like, this guy's the dude. The way that he handles his personnel and his business, the way that he you know treats his guys and puts them. He he made a big emphasis to talk about how he puts them in the best position to win possible mm-hmm. and that's as a coach i guess all you can do right because you're not out there strapping out the pads so that's all you can do is put them in the best position possible and you know i guess this really is a no-brainer for detroit isn't it i think so and here's the thing too i saw this um i forget who said it it was a detroit news guy who okay said it guess who's the quarterback coach right now for the san francisco 49ers no clue matt no lafleur's brother Really? So okay. they said there are potential rumors that if Salah did get the job, would take Lafleur and make him the OC for the Lions. Interesting. And I understand. I've not heard that before. And yeah. I, yeah, I saw it um, like really recently. I think it was okay. earlier this morning, actually. And um, what I really think is interesting about that is obviously the quarterback play from Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins and I think it was C.J. Beathard. Whoever else. Yeah. Yep. Hasn't been the greatest, but. They win. I do like the creativity and the winning, you know, culture. They do win. They do win a lot. Exactly. And at least last year, too. The Rams. Look, yeah. at the, look at Robert Sal. And this year, yeah, it was big. Lost jo- uh, Joey, Bo- or, yeah, Joey Bosa. No, Solomon it's Nick Thomas. Bosa. Nick Bosa. Nick Bull. Solomon Thomas. Then they got rid of DeForest Buckner, yep. who's on the Colts now. And that was, I mean, not to get too sidetracked, but that he was out this past yeah. week again for the Titans. Huge reason why oh, Derrick Henry ran sure. all over them. If, the, if you're stout, the inside of that defensive line is not stout. He is their and best player on defense. Exactly. exactly. And if uh, people, the local media were calling out like, um, Darius Leonard's great too, but the local media were calling out how like, oh, we don't have depth at the defensive line position. It doesn't matter if you don't have depth, if you don't have a dude that you can put up there mm-hmm. and stop King Henry. But I don't mean to get no, uh, no, you're too off topic. right though, but that's the thing. The plug and play guys, because you think about it, the 49ers lost so many guys and Robert Sala had them ready against a Rams team who's coming off. Yeah. Their biggest win of the year, for sure, against Tom Brady. And they go in and beat him. And I thought there was no way the 49ers even had a chance to, to yeah. beat. And they, they won. Yeah, that's a good point. Putting, Like you said, putting guys in a position mm-hmm. where they're going to be successful. Um, and that's one thing that we, as a franchise, have not done as of late. Um, I already said I was kind of still, never. yeah. I was still, you know, not 100% bought into uh, Sheila Ford Hemp. And I specifically do not like when she's talking to media because... She seems pretty disinterested. She was at practice the other day, which I guess is probably which, more of a photo op than anything. Yep, I would think so, too. But either way, you know, it's good that she's there. But the storyline as of late has been surrounding Matthew Stafford, our quarterback, our guy. As we approach the potential rebuild for our franchise, what are the thoughts looking forward for our franchise quarterback? So these next five games, are, I think, are huge. Yeah. I think Stafford has to prove in these next five games that he can still play, which he has this year. Like, he's... But taking, he's taking a step back, mm-hmm. yes. But if he proves that he can still play, that he's still healthy, that he's still young, well, not young, but that he can still do young the enough thing. where he's got years on his career where he's not, you know, this isn't like the the end for him. Yes. And do I think he signs another contract with Detroit? No. But he has two years left, and I feel like this may be the draft we draft someone in the second round. I can see that too. If there's a steal out there that we think we can build a team with this guy. Yeah. Keep him under Stafford for two years. Like, nothing's wrong with, like, what they did with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith mm-hmm. in Kansas City two years ago. Like, that year under... They were also winning. They Very were also true. winning. That's, Very true. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Like, Alex Smith had them in the divisional round a couple times. Yeah, and then, yeah, that year, that that was a year they lost to Tennessee 
in the first year in the yeah, first yeah. game. Yep. Yep. But so, I know I get what you're saying. Yeah. I would think it's the best either this year or next year. Staff I think like I said, Stafford's not signed another contract with Detroit. I have I just agree with you. He's I'm the, the biggest advocate yes. for Stafford too, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, if for some reason he's gone from the Lions after this year and they really, really go into a rebuild, which I would hope just he go win somewhere. So oh, that's what I I'm saying. He goes he's going to go somewhere, and I think he's going to be the guy. A lot of people have been talking about the Steelers, actually, which I think is hilarious because that would be it would be awesome. But how do they move on? They could. How could they move on from they, Big Ben? I heard. Sam, Depending on how this season okay, pans out, we Big still got ben, some more season. What? I think Big Ben's done after this year. I heard Sam Darnold. They want to go go get Sam Darnold, who's got a connection with Juju. <sighs> I don't, I don't anyway, know about that. what I was going to say about Matt Stafford, and you said the last five games, it's not. I don't feel like it's a prove it. I feel like it's a farewell. I feel like right now you're don't looking do that at. Me. Don't do that. I, I will not be, just like when Kelvin Johnson said he retired after the Chicago game, when I saw him catch his last touchdown, I was like, that's really the last game I'm going to see. Yeah. Watching but, Kelvin Johnson. But the difference is this. I think right now, who I forget who, is it uh, Sheila is making the GM decisions right now when Quinn's out? I would assume. Whoever's doing it. Yeah. Um, they're looking at potential suitors for next year. They're looking at quarterbacks. There I feel was, like you, it's your duty, though, was, as a, yeah. you know, part of the ownership as of a franchise. Quarterback. You have to do that either way. Whether yeah. you are an advocate for Stafford or not, you have to do that because of your position and what that yeah. entails. And there was rumors of them drafting Tua this year and Herbert. Yeah, like, there was rumors about that. Not even rumors. I think those were probably pretty they, factually based. interviewed with the Lions. Tua yeah, interviewed exactly. With the Lions. Just because I think it was, like I heard it was pity just because like he's considered a top three pick and we had the three pick. But I think they there was more serious. to it than that. I, yeah, I'd agree. I really, I really think that you look at teams like, you know, the Washington football team. If Stafford was on that team, no credit, nothing against Alex Smith. Stafford's better than Alex Smith. Yeah, you put him on that team, I you're agree. like, whoa, Philip Rivers might be done after this year. You put Stafford on the Colts, that'd be a great place. Whoa, you know, step back in. Huh? Actually, Jacoby. Percent. I think I think Stafford's he'll step yeah. back in ten times better than Jacoby Percent. I do, but that I'm just saying. I think yeah. Colts, I, I think, think the Colts. And imagine for I mean, him, you're just saying if Stafford. No, yeah. no, for there. sure. But for Jacoby, that would have sucked because he, you know, was the guy before that just for a very short for a year. He was exactly he was Andrew Luck exactly. Luck but I'm saying like yeah, he thought Andrew Luck. Like, they didn't like, have the free. That's free what I'm saying. They thought they thought that like you know him. I'm assuming what was going through his mind is like okay, Luck's gone. I get to be the guy for, and then here comes you know out of nowhere and he's got to go sit on the bench like. That would suck. He's been coming he scored in for two like touchdowns. He did. Yeah, yeah he he's ran. Like, he's been running though. Yeah, he hasn't done too much. He's like yeah, doing what the Eagles Taysom said they're going to do with Jalen Hurts, and they decided not to do that. That Taysom Hill role. Those backup quarterbacks are starting to get used so much more in the NFL. Very yeah. interesting conversation point. But before we get, we will talk about that um, that Eagles game and Hurts yep. a little bit later on. But I want to talk first. Well, let's get to was the goat. The Wednesday afternoon game it was a first, right? Maybe we'll be seeing a little more of those. Hopefully not, because this is kind of awkward. I loved it. You loved it? I did. I don't know if you I loved it. Football. I loved it at 3 o'clock. Yeah, it was like, imagine? I was working out, and I was like, there's a football game. Can you imagine coming true. home from school? That's actually true. Like, if we were in real life, yeah. it's like, Wednesday, you're like, oh, Get I can do some class. homework, yeah. or I can watch football That's right true. Now. Actually, that's a good perspective, but a sloppy divisional win for Pittsburgh, who moves on to 11-0, correct? Like at home, over the lackluster Ravens, without Lamar Jackson, without key pieces on defense, without... Uh, They're two top yeah, running backs. Exactly. J.K. Dobbins and um, Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram. Yep. Correct? Yep. So I thought we were going to see, first of all, I thought we were going to see more of Gus Edwards. Ends. So did I. But That's true, too. And that came, and in, that came into yes. play before halftime, too. But let's talk about the start of the game before we get too ahead of ourselves. It started with a lot of turnovers, right? Uh, RG3 
was as rusty as we've seen him Gosh, uh, in this game. Yeah, like that, that just you're just not quite game ready. Even they though they only, only had, had one, one practice. practice, I knew you were about to say that. So I, yes, I understand that. Didn't stop. Training. And even though he had his big moments, like that big run before halftime, that set up that uh, potential, potential scoring touchdown. opportunity for Baltimore. He just looked extremely uncomfortable in the pocket and. Rightfully so. He's got a lack of experience in this system. Not a lack of experience in the NFL, per se, but a lack of experience in the Baltimore system being the guy. experience in the NFL, too. He's been a starter for only He was a starter for years. the Browns. For but he year. has been around for at least seven or he eight years. So he's got... Exactly. But he's got experience in the league, at least. But you're also playing the best defense uh, in football in Pittsburgh. That can't be argued, Didn't I think. stop someone else. Very true. Let's talk about the guy who now has the highest passer rating in the NFL among Throwing quarterbacks with at least six attempts. Is he the GOAT? I know he is Trace McSorley. Honestly, I thought it was awesome. Like, <laughs> TikTok, I knew TikTok was going to blow up. And for the next five minutes, I'm like showing my mom. I'm like, look, this is gonna, it's just Trace McSorley throwing out of that, throwing out of that. Yeah, like the little you know? meme or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like how it wasn't even a good pass. It's just Brown made one guy miss. Yeah, and just it was kind of a, it was a good throw. It wasn't a great throw. No, it wasn't one of those like, wow, Mahomes is Awesome. And then not only that, <laughs> but then Hollywood Browns running on the sideline, and he made Finka or Finka Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick. I just combined his names. He Minka. made Minka Fitzpatrick look like he was in a like a spin like cycle Earl there. Versus, he did uh, versus Henry. Yeah, yeah, and he just like spun around, and all of a sudden, like oh, like that was a legit I, play. Yeah. Like that was dope. Really, it kind of reminded me of the Minnesota Miracle a bit. Yes, it's kind of funny. I was just gonna. Yeah, I really hope though that the Ravens don't figure out how to use Hollywood Brown because he's. I just don't know why. Dude, he, he tweeted earlier. Like, not yeah, to, you know, like, yeah. That's why I was going okay, at yeah, go He's ahead. like, you don't know how to use me pretty much. And I'm looking at his stats. I think his words were, why are you going to have all these shooters if you ain't going to use them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> and nice so, accent. But, like, being an Oklahoma fan, you know, with Baker and everything like that, I'm watching Hollywood Brown when he was with him. And then with Kyler, I'm like, this guy's a stud. He's little, though. He's But look at Tyreek Hill, Tyree which Hill. we'll get to in a sec. But, like, how do the Ravens not know how to use him? Yeah, like they don't point. know they're a running team. They don't know how to use any. Of <laughs> it's kind of true, but it's just kind of true. It's just like I felt like that was a huge thing. Like remember last year, their first game, Lamar was throwing him deep balls, and their offense looked good versus Miami. Like Miami. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like he hasn't. And I haven't done that since. Like he yeah. has such a potential, and they were hyping him up this year. Remember, he's like he's gained twenty pounds of muscle. He looks so big now, <laughs> and he hasn't done anything yeah. because of their offense. That's a good point. Another like guy who has not done anything. <laughs> Let's get, you see this. You don't have the notes in front of you or else you'd be smiling. But the Steelers, they had a drop pass on almost every drive, it seemed like. A lot of it coming from uh, Deontay Johnson on the outside. But the biggest mistakes were from who has been called Droptimus Prime. His name is uh, Eric Ebron. I'm not sure if you're familiar. <laughs> Are you familiar? I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. Have you seen the guy he on Twitter? He had so many drops. He, he had, had so He had like four drops that game. He and I'm sitting there watching the, the game. I'm watching there sitting there watching the game and I'm like you know what? It's a good thing. Some things don't change. <laughs> Some things don't change. How is he still? I mean, when, when he gets the ball in his he hands. He led the league in touchdowns like two years ago. It's ridiculous. I know. That he's was so good. He's gifted. He's physically yeah. gifted, but he just cannot catch passes to save his life. And he has Twitter fingers against every Detroit sports person <laughs> ever. He loves, yeah. he, he loves and hates. Hates Detroit at the same. He loves to hate Detroit. That's, that's it. it. That's the it. only attention he gets. It's Literally. it's very whenever very he drops a weird pass, dynamic. You know, Detroit Twitter's blowing. Loving up. it. They're absolutely so loving it because funny. of the spite against him. But I, I one time DM'd him on Instagram. Shut no, up. I commented on it. I'll show you guys in a bit. But I commented <laughs> on Instagram and they were like, 
wow, look at the 2013 class. So many studs. And I comment at Detroit Lions, at Eric Ebron. Way to go. We could have had the following. Odell. Yeah, Don, whatever Don, was that. Donald, yeah, instead whatever, of him. Right? And I was like, thanks a lot. And he comments back, you're welcome. He replied. He replied and I, I remember you. that. Was, Wait, I remember that. I was 13, maybe 14 years old, and he's coming back at me. Dude, that is ridiculous. <laughs> like, that is ridiculous. So I hate that man. Like I don't like him. I really just I hate him. stand him. So bad. He's a he's a playmaker when the ball's in his hands, but he can't catch the ball. He can't get the ball in his hands. He can't keep it in his hands. But another big loss for Pittsburgh besides dropping those balls, even the red zone too, where tight ends are most prominent, especially in this league. Yeah. Um losing star defensive end on the opposite side of the line from TJ Watt. Bud Dupree goes down, and I'm pretty sure it was confirmed today that it's <laughs> most likely yep. it's an ACL. What a stupid ligament. <laughs> Devin it Bush, is the worst. Too. Devin Bush was another yeah, big loss for the lost. Steelers. Oh, the Steelers would be so what a dumb, stupid, I'm good you. for nothing ligament. I'm watching that game yesterday, and he gets hurt. I'm like, this the Steelers might not, you know, pull it make off a run. or what? Yeah, uh, TJ like, Watt is the best. TJ Watt is player in the no, league. So. Deep boy, right now, the best defensive player in the league is coming back this week against the Titans. Oh Jesus, give me a break. I disagree. All right. I did. TJ Watt will win it this he's year. Top three. Yeah. It's down. It's down. I agree. He's TJ top three. Yeah. And Miles. I'll agree I think with that. I'll, I'll agree with Watt that. Watt will win it this year, but I'll agree. Is he? He's the best this year. I'm not saying the best in the league. Okay. Like okay. overall, it's no, Donald this year. This year. This but, year. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll Browns, agree with the top three the though. Um, but let's see. Does this game, along with the Broncos incident last week, and you wanted to talk about that? We made a note about that. Their mm-hmm. quarterback situation with Hinton coming in. Highlight the need for a bubble for the NFL, the playoffs. So we get to see the best version of each team with all of its key players. But I wrote this earlier today, um, and then actually it broke like later on today that Roger Goodell had talked about this he exact did. issue. He did yesterday. And he said a bubble is simply not going to be an option for them. He does not it's like impossible. the idea of it. It's impossible. It's much more difficult than like an NBA situation, yeah, for yeah, sure. Because it's a court, you know? Like That's true. Guys go play at Basketball America all the time. You got to set up a whole football field and... It just takes time. There's, you know, weather depending. And, and not just much depending. more bodies and personnel, I think, yeah. is the number say, one issue. Yeah, they could figure out the field. It's just the bodies. Yeah. And it's there's a lot of so many money. There's too, maybe man. like, if you really need it, you could have 30 guys. I bet 30 guys went in the bubble for like the Lakers and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. 30, co- thir- like not 50, 100 or what 15 is it? Like players. 60. Yeah. You're using 30 guys on one play. I mean, 22, exactly. but, you know, with the, the coaches, yeah. the dress, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what did you think about, I guess we'll kind of go off a little, the script a little bit here. What did you think about the difference between them choosing to postpone the game, the league choosing to postpone the, the Ravens Broncos. game versus the Broncos? I thought it was honestly kind of BS. Like, I really yeah. did. I felt like they were I, trying to let the Ravens, oh, let's recuperate let them get to full health. Big so divisional game, and yeah, against the Steelers. And like, where the Broncos have no shot against the Saints. And like, whatever. And like, yeah. who cares, right? Like, they're not a good team anyway. And it's like, I thought it was like, Kind of like stupid. I just yeah. really did. And, and I, I would like to think it was just because it was an isolated incident in that quarterback room that maybe mm-hmm. that had something to do and with what, it. Maybe it did, but. What was the difference between playing Wednesday and Tuesday? Yeah, that's another good point. <laughs> I think one day. Probably a COVID test pops in the morning, but they were very convinced. I will say the league was very convinced that that was an isolated case okay. on like the Monday or Tuesday or whenever yeah. that happened. For so Driscoll? Then, for the uh, the Broncos? Not for the Broncos, oh, for the Ravens. Okay. So that's why they were confident to move on with that game heading into Wednesday because they knew with the contact tracing um, and their department that works on that, that that was going to be an isolated incident. But game of the week, we talked about it with both of our guests this week, Titans and Browns. They were split. Our guests were split on the game. So I think that's better I, I than like you were that. expecting coming like in. Um, but tell me 
I'm not going to ask you who you think is going to win. I'm going to ask you to tell me why you think the Browns are going to win. Okay, so the, the only way the Browns are going to be able to win is if okay. they can go at Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry, you know, he's going to have his performance. If the Browns can keep him close to 100, not popping the 120, then I feel like that was a good performance by them. Browns got a really good run defense, but where they struggle is in the pass defense. Okay. And Miles Garrett was out this past week versus the Jaguars, and it showed. But against the Eagles, which they have a bad offense line, so I understand that, um, Olivier Vernon was AFC Player of the Week because he had two sacks. And so I feel like if they can get at Ryan Tannehill, disrupt that offense because, you know, both teams like to play play action, so they have to get a – That's very true because their run game sets them up in that position to do so. And so that's what they need to do on defense plus Miles coming back. It's going to be great. On offense, they have to play action. Let's be – I mean, being the biggest Baker guy probably, you know, here in in the state of Michigan, I would assume (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> um, Baker's been ever. so ever. ever. It Old. might be ever since the crotch grab. No, flag, <laughs> flag plant. Flag plant. Um, oh gosh. Uh, Baker's been money on play action this year. Yeah, where he struggled. That's his game is been um, sometimes Baker he's in the money. Drop back. <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> no, if you, I mean, whatever. But um, the Browns are really, the Browns, Browns are really right, good in play action, and you know they're gonna need to do that. Yep. The Titans to win this game. They need to make the Browns do drop back passing. Yeah. You know, the only time the Browns have been successful really was against the Colts in the first half. Baker had a really good game. And then against the Bengals when Odell went out and they had to, you know, win from behind. So I feel like if they can stop the drop back passing or make them go to drop back passing, they got a chance. And then, you know, agree. take advantage of the depleting Browns backfield. Denzel Ward might not be playing. And the Browns safety just went out as well. Ronnie Harrison, who's out for four to six weeks. Tannehill can take advantage of that. Titans will win the game. Obviously, I hope he doesn't, but that's how they'll win. Who capitalizes? Who makes the other team more uncomfortable? It's be a physical and game. plays their game. Two teams with a predominantly strong run offense and attack with their guys healthy, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, heading into that week. Hunter, what are you going to say? So I think, I think the key to the game is whoever can run the ball will win that game. Yeah, no, for sure. Whoever can't run the ball and has to pass. Like Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he's comeback player of the year last year, but he's not, he's not comfortable doing – Drop back the action. Drop back. He rather they do play action as well. Could action. be a prove it game. Exactly. Could both could both be a teams. Game. That's very true. Actually, Baker on the same same kind of yeah. level. Same page. That. Yeah, both teams need this game because obviously the Titans are tied with the Colts, or they split with the Colts. So if the Colts win, yeah, the, the Colts have a tiebreaker. Um, I'm pretty sure, and the Browns just needed to. You know, everyone's saying with the Steelers haven't beat anybody, they beat the overrated Browns. There's a lot riding on this, if for this sure. If the Browns win this game, you can no longer say the overrated Browns because they went into their stadium and beat them. You could say the Browns, oh, maybe it was a fluke game, but they beat the Colts and they beat the um, the Titans, too, if they win this game. And it will set up yeah. for a huge Monday night game, Ravens-Browns the following week. It'd be huge. It'd be huge. So, I guess going off of that, to wrap up, not only our NFL talk here, but Division One Rejects this episode, we're going to talk about some of the more dominant NFL performances. And these three guys that I want to talk about right here, or I'm sorry, I had three guys down earlier because Travis Kelsey, but I kind of, you know, he had a great, he had a good game, but these other guys we're going to talk about had uh, much, much oh, better yeah. games, much better performances. But these two guys, Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill was in the lead. All of a sudden Metcalf comes out and has one of the, one of the best games of his young career. Against best game of his career. The best I game? Say. I would say. Yeah. I'd probably agree with you, especially against, especially going against Slay. So that was uh, he made Slay look like a little boy. Or he times. did make yeah. Slay, look, but that's he what he's been that doing one, to guys. He dropped that one touchdown pass, on all season. That was it. All season he's been doing that. Before we get into him, though, I want to talk about Tyree Kill, who had 
Probably one of the best stat lines for a wide receiver in NFL history. This one hurts because I traded him in my fantasy team <laughs> for Aaron. This one Jones. hurts for let's, DBs. Let's give his stat line before DBs, so you can really understand hurts. the weight of that statement from Mr. Chambers over there. Thirteen catches, two hundred and sixty-nine yards, and three touchdowns. That is that is absolutely ridiculous. I want highest quick highest math receiving what, yards. Let's get these. Well, go ahead. What was it? Highest receiving yards since Calvin Johnson. Really? Is that so? Is that so? I did not know that. Calvin versus the Bengals? Calvin versus the Cowboys. Oh, okay. He, Guess he what? He had 329. That's almost 21 yards a catch. A little quick math. Well, there. you know. Thank you for that. The thing is. Wow. Courtesy had, of my He calculator. had that 80-yard touchdowns. It was, he had two 80-yard touchdowns. He was blowing by people. You know, he's over. He's like 205 pounds, too. He's, he's like. Thick. He's like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a shorter, thicker guy. He's, he's he is. Quick. He's just. He's quick. What is. You don't see that from. I don't know. I think that's very interesting. And. I, I, I want to be like, just, you know, like I said, for DBs everywhere, you just look at him and you're like, bro, how do we stop What do you do? Guy? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> like It's ridiculous. And the going, Chiefs looked yeah. dominant at times. Like, they looked like they could just turn it on and throw up 28 points. Oh, like, out of nowhere. I'm, I'm surprised that game was so close. Half exactly. Um, the defense coordinator is Todd Bowles, former Jets D coordinator or, D, or head coach. For the Bucks. Yeah, he was okay. the Bucks D yeah. coordinator. And you got to give him credit. He made halftime adjustments. And you know what I thought was really funny? And I was kind of hoping that it happened where Tyreek Hill goes like, we we got back up on the Shannon way. Sharp. We got Shannon back up on the way. This yeah. yeah. And then the Bucs came back. And I was like, bro, if Tom Brady wins Dude. this game, I swear. That, that would be funny. Because yeah. that would have been the biggest meme ever. Hilarious. Because that was, yeah, that was be like a Nate Robinson The Bills song. versus the Patriots back then. That would be almost mm-hmm. as big as Nate Robinson going to sleep. Yeah. Um, but... Like I said, the Chiefs only win by three against the Bucks. Not only that, they don't cover for the three-and-a-half spread. Oh, so a lot of frustrated fans and betters across mm. the country. Um, but don't talk about the Eagles game, then. Unreal. Oh, yeah. Unreal stats. Let's talk about that, too. DK Metcalf, 10 catches, 177 yards. You said it. Best game of his young career. The Seahawks struggled to overcome the Eagles. And right now, Seahawks, obviously, at the top of their division. And... Poised to be one of the teams between, what, them, Green Bay, New Orleans, to come out of the NFC, yes. correct? Yes. And they really struggled to, you know, outcome, overcome, excuse me, Philadelphia. Eagles have played tough against some teams. Though. They really they have. tough. Their defense has. Yes. Their offense is. Yeah. It's Carson Wentz just turned the Oh, ball I did want to say, too, I forgot to mention it. Uh, Devin White, right, that linebacker from yes. the Bucks. Solid game. He was a big reason yes, uh, no, for that sure. they were back in that. But anyways, back to the Eagles. Levante David, too. Yeah, but you said it One of the better earlier, players. and I hinted at it, but the Eagles need to figure out what to do with Jalen Hurts if they want to ride this guy out. They're they're running this weird, you know, I, uh, like I don't even know this, like quarterback carousel. You draft a guy carousel. in the second round. You draft a guy in the second round. Like there's the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. So you That's just got to pick yeah. a guy. You draft him in the second round. I Carson Wentz, don't. get him out of here. He turns the ball over too much. Give Jalen Hurts the all offseason to be like, you're the guy. Yeah. Give him it. Get him ready. Going next season. I, yeah. I so if you're going to ride with Carson Wentz, do it now and then get ready. Which I, which we can't say that because the Eagles are still in the race for the NFC. I know. I know. The Giants are in the lead right now. But they're in, but they're out. They're in, but they're out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about this. Um, so I'm going to ask you after I say how I feel about it. Two quarterback system, I don't like it. I don't like watching no. Taysom Hill. Drew Brees could be five of five, and he's got a huge drive, and Sean's like, all right, Drew, get out. Taysom's going to run the ball here. It's, I just feel like no, as a former quarterback, a former quarterback, I'm just like, bro, I got so much momentum. Why are you taking me out? And let's say Carson. A lot of it's like rhythm and yeah, like uh, exactly. just getting like used to that game speed and, and all that Carson, stuff. It's let's huge. Let's say Carson Wentz, this probably won't happen, but he's, he's <laughs> oh, balling, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, Jalen, 
Go go run a wildcat. But like they brought Jalen into the game. He makes uh I think I forgot what he did on first down. Second down comes in, seven yard completion out to the outside. I'm yeah. like, okay, like here we go, Jalen. One more play. Oh, uh, Carson, you're you're in. What? Exactly. Doug Peterson? What are you and what? I, I gave I Doug Peterson credit for yeah. being a creative offensive mind last week. <laughs> yeah, he did. And you know what? Yes. Northwestern and Doug Peterson, I will never root for you guys again <laughs> because I came on this podcast saying you guys were going to have a day. And uh, proved sucked. you wrong. That's for yeah. sure. But, man, we got two more guys here we want to talk about. Two running backs, actually. Uh, David Montgomery from the Bears. 11 carries, 103 yards. The run. Not only that. Five catches for 40 yards. You guys know that? He was a, a pretty good threat out of the backfield as well. That's why I wanted to include him in this list because he was a big reason why the Bears were even in that game against Green Bay, Green Bay excuse me, in the first in place. Game? Were they in that game? Were they? Me. Probably not. But when you look at the score, at certain points in the game, yeah. you could argue for it. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. Bears. Especially going into it, like you knew that that was going to be the result. With Trubisky, we've talked about it, him at length already. Um, between him and Foles and two quarterbacks, no quarterback, that it's just not worked out for the Bears. You and start that, 5-0. and yeah. You have quite literally made a screeching halt and crashed. And I feel like the one thing that's – I mean, we're all going to – Mr. Trubisky sucks. You know, like we all said – the Bears' defense looked horrible. That's a great point. And True. They that were was supposed a top to be, yeah. Defense two years ago. Good point. Khalil Mack, where have you been all year? One of the biggest pickups wow, for that franchise. I have not thought about Khalil that. Khalil Mack one of the has biggest pickups. Where have you been? Well, not a bad year, just hasn't been it, putting no, up the exactly. numbers. Not for to. Khalil, yeah. Eddie Jackson, where have you been? Yeah. All these studs from two years ago when they were playing the Eagles and Cody Parkey missed the field goal to, you know, send them to the next round are not being those guys anymore. Yeah. And you look at Matt Nagy, like, yeah, Matt Nagy's kind of being an idiot because he does the same, he did the same thing with uh, Trubisky. Yeah. Where he pulled Nick Foles, yeah. put Trubisky, and then put Nick. Dude, you have to get your team together because you see in the pregame warm-ups those videos of Trubisky being like, let's go, boys. You know, like, the guys are like, come on, I'm not I'm not following you. Man. Like, Matt Nagy is the head coach, and that's me as a person. I feel like the head coach needs to take uh, take control of the guys. And maybe it's just in college and high school because you have more of a relationship. It's not a business. Yeah. But in the NFL, you look at people, they follow Sean Payton. They follow people. And they'll Hero. fight for guys like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. And the last guy I want to hit on this list, Derrick Henry, King Henry, another monster game, Whoa. 27 carries, 178 yards, three touchdowns. Thank you for adding him in there, Hunter, at the end there. I don't know how I glossed over that insane stat line. Um, but MVP conversation. You you made that note. What do you think? Yes. Yes? That's, Derek that's it. Henry, Derek, <laughs> Derek Henry, for some reason, when it when it hits November, hits playoff time, he just cranks it up to a certain <laughs> this was yeah. the game. This was the game where Derrick Henry is gonna rush for hundred plus yards for the rest of the season and he's gonna rush for a touchdown at least every game. For the rest of the season. And Drew said I'll it. Take, if he does I'll that, a, I'll take 120. And he will. If he does out. that this week, will, it's going to be yeah. He will rush. Like playoff Henry is a different type of Henry we saw last year when they beat the Patriots. So, when they, when uh, they beat the Patriots, they beat the Baltimore Ravens. And they should have beat the Chiefs. And they should have beat. They were one drive away from beating the Chiefs. Very true. The te- Tennessee's a great team, and I think they will handily beat the Browns this all year. Right. This all week. about who gets hot at the right time. We and, saw it was Tennessee last year. Can they do it again? Can they get started and get that momentum going when they need it the most? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Henry is a different Short animal answer, when yeah. it hits November, December. Meaningful football, They're, basically. Yes, their O-line is hurt, but when you have a great back like that, you only need three, four guys blocking up there, and, and one guy misses his block, you make one miss, run him over, touch him. That's the luxury you have when you have a back one, like that. One yes. thing I'm going to say, we're talking about guys who are getting hot. I want to ask you guys, just you know, you may not have an answer right now. A guy who needs to step up for me, Kyler Murray. 
They've lost two in a row. Inconsistent. Yeah. They've lost two in a row. He was in the MVP race, like Kyler versus Russ, right? You know, D-Hop and DK were like, yep, oh, yep. Kyler for MVP. Russ for MVP. And also Russ, too. Russ Both and Kyler guys have need to off. step up. It's, it was Russ and Kyler, and now it's Mahomes and Rodgers and kind of Derrick Henry. Your teams are getting down, not as the Seahawks, as much as the Cardinals. Yeah. The Cardinals need to step up. They have a huge game against the Rams coming up soon. The, Kyler needs to step up and be that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. Um, Kyler's got to step up, got to be that guy. And you know what? You got to tell a friend about Division One rejects. That's what you got to do. Like that? Step up. Like that. Step, step up. up. Just make the make play. Make the move. Kobe make the play. stepped up to the plate. Yo, I stepped hey. up with that segue. That's all hey. it is. E plus R equals O. E plus R equals O. Effort plus reaction equals the outcome. That's what I want you to take away from this episode of Division One rejects. You were never taught that at Oxford. If you're watching... <laughs> That's why you lost to us. That's so why you lost. Yeah. yeah. If you're watching this yeah. on YouTube, thank you so much. If you're listening, thank you so much. It doesn't either way. It, it means a lot. If you made it to the end of the episode, thank you. Wow, that's a good point. I never really if, think about if that. If you're when listening I my sign right off. here, if you're listening right here, you're a real one. You're a real one. You're a real one. Anyway, send me a Venmo request. I'll send you a dollar. Be a friend. Oh. Wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. This is the one. Kobe Manzo, Hunter Chambers, Drew Carpenter, Division One Rejects. Be a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. Let's see if we can get some uh, more great guests on for next week. A lot of great football this weekend. Have a great one.